0: Now that I've just hit record, okay.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to mute us now, and then I'll push some buttons, and then we'll come back.
0: So. Okay.
2: <laughs> Listen to everybody laughing. Welcome to the park!
0: I'm John Brandian, professional comedian for more than 30 years.
1: And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years.
0: Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it.
1: So welcome to the kitchen table of The Comedian Next Door.
0: Oh, that's right, the kitchen table of The Comedian Next Door. This is going to be my favorite episode so far.
1: I don't think that they can hear you when the music's on full blast.
0: Can I admit that, that this is going to be my favorite episode so far? <laughs> Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. And we I, heard you just fine. I permission. We're doing a house guest episode, which uh, what that's gonna mean, Carl, is that we have uh, we have neighbors yeah, we have guests coming in. So we're throwing out the usual format and we're going uh or going off the rails. We're gonna have a conversation with one of my favorite people in the world, Mark Gunger. And, so if you're uh, listening, wife, if you're you know,
1: joining us, you are our neighbor, Carl. We call you Carl affectionately. All of our listeners are Carl. Mm -hmm. And then this is a special episode. A house guest is somebody who may not be Carl.
0: Right. It's probably not Carl.
1: Probably not Carl. And comes over to the house Did I do such a
0: poor job of explaining what was going on that you felt like you had to completely restate what I just said? Like I
1: said, you started talking even before the music was turned down, and I'm pretty sure that that gets overcut. No, it was fine. We heard you just fine. Yeah, we heard
0: you.
3: All
0: right. So uh, Mark and Deanna Gunger, hey. Thanks for coming on.
2: Today. I
3: want to meet Carl.
0: Well, uh, you will someday. <laughs> um, Carl is more of a concept than an individual. <laughs> Carl is a movement. Well, we don't want to- <laughs> Carl is a movement. It's bigger than all of us, but we're not going to get into that. Um, we have uh, we Mark and I have done podcasts together before, and uh, it's always a- it's always fun. To get Mark on because he's such a loose cannon and uh, and such an unpredictable source, but he's a guy who's not afraid to to say what he thinks, uh, even when what he thinks is is crazy. Yeah, even when he's just dead wrong.
3: Uh, He's completely wrong.
0: He doesn't care. He said, "Well, he cares, uh, but he's not Uh, not afraid of uh, of being wrong." And so we had a. Uh, we had a conversation, just full disclosure, a conversation a couple of weeks ago. And uh, after the conversation, we decided that it would be good to have another conversation and bring Deanna into the conversation because she was kind of in the conversation before, right? But she was getting ready to go and have her eyes gouged out. And uh, already
2: had
3: she already had one of her eyes gouged out, I think.
0: Only one of her eyes gouged I was,
2: out. I was recuperating on the sofa.
0: Putting in new lenses in her eyes. Oh, it's, so how, was that a, uh, like LASIK surgery or something like that?
3: No. It's akin to cataract surgery, actually. When they go oh. out through the, the foggy lens and put in a clear lens. So when they bring it in, they just take and put in a lens designed for your vision. Yeah.
2: They take out the old and put in an, a new acrylic one. But I didn't have cataracts. It, my eyes were healthy. I just couldn't see very well. Because of oh, her glasses.
3: advanced age, her eyes were failing her. I'd like to. Watch
2: it. it. <laughs> not
3: <laughs> young like me. No.
2: I'm only 32.
3: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> She's younger than me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. um, so, d- good now? Can you see much better?
1: Yeah,
2: I can see really well. That's great. I can see, I can see near, far, and in between
1: without glasses or contacts. That's man, it's Maybe amazing
0: you cataract surgery.
1: <laughs> Maybe you should.
3: So we had it's a. It's only nine thousand dollars. Come on. I will just have half
0: a cataract surgery.
3: <laughs> I have have one, one eye.
0: Half a cataract removed.
3: Second, um,
2: I have somebody at the door. Oh, oh, the
3: oh, oh, she has Somebody at the door. Oh, oh! How would you
1: hear that? I didn't
2: hear
1: nothing. I'm yeah, and i want to take the opportunity to hey, mention. Hey, princess! princess. I have to jump up. Yeah. For you go uh, no parent right. and I will be doing that too. You're
3: beautiful. You got to meet. Be- yeah, so, right. a friend of mine, and this is his daughter. And I want him to see my daughter. This is my daughter.
1: Hi, Hi. There's Mark's daughter.
3: Neighbors, this
0: is this become a party that we weren't expecting.
1: house <laughs> <wilds> guests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, if I need to, like, if I have a fight break out behind me, or something, or the doorbell rings, or something, I'm going to have to jump up just like that.
0: Yeah. If this is your first episode. Uh, of our podcast, then you, you need to know that there's chaos virtually every episode. If you've been listening for a while, then this is just par for the course. Mm-hmm. So we just don't want to shock anybody. It's, it's usually bedlam and chaos. And that's where we live and have our being. And we love it. People so people are like,
1: how, what is this? What is this that I'm listening to with its unprofessionalism? Well, it's the comedian next door.
0: Is that a
3: child I hear in the background? Yes. Un- unprofessionalism. Unprofessional. This is the essence of professionalism. The essence I say. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that
0: from Mark Conker, who's the uh, the uh, litmus test for professionalism. That is correct. Um, so we had a we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, like I said, about some stuff that Mark had posted on his Facebook wall, and it had to do specifically with the idea of unfaithfulness in uh, in marriage and. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Mark. So would you, would you give a a recap as to what the essence of that conversation was? If you can, if you can do that.
3: Well, I, I argue and the terms get intermingled, which creates uh, insanity and everybody gets crazy and stuff like that. Right. But uh, where Jesus said, you know, you should not divorce your wife, except in the case of adultery. Uh, or sexual unfaithfulness, I guess is the translation that most translations say sexual unfaithfulness. Right. And, uh, and the vast majority of people I know think that he threw that out as a possible outcome, uh, a technicality. And I don't see it that way at all. I think when he said that, that was the expected outcome. <laughs> and of course, then that sent everybody into a frenzy, uh, because they think that no matter what, uh, you should stick around and try and make it work. And, uh, I just don't think that's what he was saying. You can stick around and make it work if you want, but I just think the expected outcome. I mean, come on! In, at that time, you committed adultery. You know what they did to you? They killed you. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I don't know. But they're saying, "Well, that was just the Lord's possible." No, they would they would, they would
0: kill you. Yeah, they would.
3: <laughs> so I, I think that you know they
0: killed uh, you. Of stuff, huh? They killed you for a lot of stuff, back oh, they killed the, where,
3: yeah. Now, there's some argument actually that whether or not they actually really did or not, and uh, I, I, I kind of hope that that's the case. In other words, that they knew that it just meant it was really, really wrong, and that nobody actually went and killed their kids for being disobedient, or also, <laughs> they, they would be dead. That yes. was,
0: that's one that's near to our hearts right now. <laughs> Disobedient children for <laughs> coloring on the walls with dry erase markers and things
3: like that. So, assuming that they didn't really kill them, or you know, only in certain circumstances would they do that. Clearly, the I think the way the Lord was speaking was, "Look, if this is what happened, that's a you're done," and that's the way that I view it. So, uh, and if you don't, then fine. But anyway, that just set people off into just this horrible frenzy. But then I had to make it worse because that's what I do, and I uh, said, "But there's other forms of unfaithfulness." And then I went into those, uh, but in those cases, I was arguing for separation. And, uh, and again, people don't catch much nuances. And right. that I was saying everybody should get divorced for all sorts of reasons. <laughs> I was saying, no, man, if your marriage is in the toilet, somebody do something, you know, force the issue. And I just, I do not understand people's, uh, tolerance for pain. You know, I am a wuss, man. I just I just got it from a nap because I'm a wuss. (laughs) Because I I can only take so much in a day. But people, tolerance for pain and misery. And you say, you know, how long has your life, your marriage been horrible? 10 years, 15 years, 8 years? I think, really, no one has done anything. I mean, you kind of snip at each other and why not, but nobody really does anything. And I think someone should push the issue because what happens Generally, and, and it takes two to tango, I get this, but generally you have one who's an offending party and the other one who's who's not, uh, and the offending party doesn't want you to separate because they like the protection and the comfort uh, of marriage because then all the family thinks everything's okay and all your friends think everything's okay. And so as soon as one person leaves for whatever reason, uh, everybody panics. And now, you know, it's kind of like, do you know that you won't heal uh, if blood won't flow to a certain area, you know, I don't know if you ever had a problem with a joint or something. So they have a, a, a thing where they take saline and they inject it into the muscle. And, uh, and it, I had it done where it, it, it hurt like hell. <laughs> it's a theological statement. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was horrible. Well, why would they do such a torturous thing to get the blood flowing again? You've got to force it, or it will not heal. Uh, so that kind of thing. I wasn't advocating everybody just throw up their hands and give up on their marriage. I the saying right. force issue. So and then, but the one that really set people off was I said, look, if if uh, you know, that couples should be having sex with each other, that's the ideal, right? That's the challenge. Mm. And uh, and otherwise, uh, this is not a version of faithfulness either. And that's what set people off like crazy. Because then instantly, I got comments of, well, you're advocating that women should be raped. <laughs> How, how did we get here? You yeah. oh, know, and, and then it just opened up. I mean, and then of course I, in my wonderful style, would slap back. And apparently, I wasn't particularly as kind as I should be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a shock. Um. Oh yeah, I don't you know, I, I went church, went and looked at some of the comments, and they canceled my coming. Uh, it's not that we disagree with you. We tell we like, you weren't you weren't as nice as you could have been. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, steal anybody's wife. I didn't rape anybody. I didn't steal any money. I didn't, none of the right. great horrible sins of life. But apparently, I was as kind as I should be, and that was more than they could handle. So, uh, and uh, in retrospect, I probably should have been nicer. But you know, I don't know, John. I've just never been accused of being a rapist before. So, it, you know, <laughs> next time, next time, I'm accused of being a rapist and an abuser. I think I'll handle it. Better
1: Well, you said you said something kind of interesting because you said usually there's an offending party. And I don't know, I think you might have skipped like three steps ahead of a lot of like professional counselors that I've you know heard from myself where it's like, oh no, 50-50, you know, everybody's got take to take responsibility. And I know last time we talked, you said a lot about um judging and about how pastors and church leaders should be Better at judging who the offending party is. Can you can you talk a little bit more about that? Uh, yeah, I think so. And and again,
3: if there if it is fifty fifty, then let's figure it out. Right. And I'm not a big fan of counseling. I just have to tell you, and I'll set the world on fire if they ever hear this. But you know, eighty percent, eighty percent of everyone who goes in for counseling ends up in divorce. Yeah. Can you imagine going to a doctor where eighty percent of the people came out dead? All right. So, marriage therapy, in and of itself, is an abysmal failure. It just is. And if they won't admit it, then bad on them.
0: Do you now have why? Why is it, it? Yeah. Why is it? I mean, eighty percent is a pretty staggering statistic. If if yeah. your goal is failure, that would be that That'd would be almost great. yeah that
1: would almost. Going again. it.
0: To achieve that level of consistency, you have to be doing something.
1: Yeah. A person who shoots 80% free throws is yeah. like really good. There's a technique there. Yeah. That- yeah
3: no. <laughs> <doing Great>. it- <laughs> now, now having said, I'm talking about marriage therapy in and of itself seems to be an abysmal failure. Mm-hmm. And and someone smarter than me has to figure it out. John Brandon. You know, yeah. Call him. He's pretty smart. Uh, but. Other therapies seem to be helpful, like personal problems and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, And a lot of these marriage problems really aren't really marriage problems at all. Uh, Marriage problems, actually, guys, are the easiest problems in the world to fix. Personal problems. Ay, caramba, that's hard. Super low self-esteem, anger issues, alcoholism, drug abuse. And people say, well, we need marriage counseling.
1: (laughs) No. You need some help.
3: Yeah. you're a little jacked up as an individual. So right. I'm more open to the counseling in that kind of situation. Yeah. But the whole mirror therapy thing, all I can tell you is there was the, the you know, who was it? Uh, Kevin Lehman or something, isn't he a professional PhD yeah. counselor? He's one at the beginning of his book, uh, one of his books that he read, he's the one who, who said it. And I had heard it, and then I hadn't really hit me until I saw him write about it and say, uh-huh. he thought it was an abysmal failure that everybody in his industry thought that was great. That was eighty yeah. percent failure.
1: So, well, what I've what I've found a pattern that I've seen is that people will often go to marriage counseling, and, and in fact, it's usually the offending party you're talking about who wants to drag their spouse to marriage counseling, and then the counselor wants to only talk to the person who's the easiest to talk to, which is almost never the person with severe personal issues. It's very difficult to confront a person about those issues, so it's easier to spend you know ninety five percent of the time speaking to the reasonable one, you know, the person who's open to change or open to work. And um, and that's just my opinion on why that stat is the way that it is and how, you know, dismal it looks because I think it's easier to kind of gloss over the person who's going to put up a bigger fight or the person who's going to be hanging on to that idol with tighter hands. Yeah. Um, and it's easier to just kind of chuck everything... Or chalk everything up to a marriage issue, quote unquote. Or upchuck. Upchuck is probably upchuck. The right
2: term. <laughs> Yeah, it. Totally.
1: Okay, so now back up a little bit, because
3: you said well I, I argue that why don't others get involved and help call some of these things up? Because nobody wants the particularly the offending party doesn't want anyone to know anything's wrong. They do not. They fear it. So they will agree to go to counseling. Oh, yeah, let's go to someone who legally can't tell anybody all his crap. No. So it stays hidden. It's still in the BS mode. As long as everything stays hidden, you know, then the offending party is mm-hmm. going to be as happy as it can be. And, and the other person is desperate for hope, hoping that this will help. Uh, my opinion, and of course I'm a nobody, is uh you've got to turn on the light on a thing. Yeah. and And bring it out into the light and, and get uh family and friends involved and uh, pastors, elders, whatever you know, and uh get involved with people uh but even that I mean, I mean, we've done this in our church, and there's some people no matter what we say, uh they will not change. <laughs> the offending party is just uh I can think of one in particular she's an absolute nightmare. it's not him, it's her, and uh, everybody sees it, everyone who's ever looked at it sees it. Everyone and uh, in our church, we will get involved and make calls on it, and we've all called it. And uh she doesn't care. <laughs> she just, right. Why he's still with her? For the love of heaven, I have no idea. I mean, she is a nightmare. The stories yeah. I can tell you. She literally wants uh, him, someone to take a bat and beat him with a bat, uh, really, just so he could feel pain. So you can feel what I'm feeling. And I, and he's he actually bought into this. So he goes to a friend's house and says, Well, you hear Will you beat me with this bat, you know, it's I mean, just crazy. So anyway, all these kids we've removed her from any kind of ministry, anything, you know, But they come faithfully and one of the most faithful people in our congregation, and it just for some reason some people just won't change. I don't know what I'm saying, you know.
1: Yeah, but to actually get to that point where you're where everybody is aware of it and everybody's on the same page, everybody else in the body in the church is is on the same page is really remarkable to me because I think most of the people in my circles are still at that BS level you were talking about where the, it's all private. And and in their mind, they've internalized this idea that um, it's good to legally not be allowed to talk about it because it protects people's privacy. And uh, I mean, that they believe that wholeheartedly. So to have it be out in the open is just really mind boggling in a good way for me.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she, she's been through that. I've been through
2: that. Yeah. And, and the first time that, um, I was married for five years and my husband, um, had sex with another woman and came home from a work trip, had no idea who she was and was completely sober. And he was, he was, he was devastated. He was, he was so sorry. We went to the church and you know what I did? I hid it. I told the pastor and I, we did some counseling and stuff. I never told my family. I never told anybody. And the reasoning why I did not was because I wanted to have, I wanted to have our marriage work. I wanted it to survive. And I didn't want people to look badly upon us because of that or be badly on him. So I kind of, what I did was I kind of shielded him from it. And so then 20 years later, I catch him in a full-blown affair. Okay. Now, I wonder myself, had I not hit it and, and let him have all these consequences to it, if he would have thought twice the second time. Because I really honestly believe the second time, he really thought that I was going to take him back, which I would have, but he wouldn't give up the girl. But still, he, I think he was thinking, as soon as I'm done with this fling, Deanna's gonna be there and she'll take care of me and protect me because she did it before. And when I didn't, and when I walked away, he blew a gasket and he said, oh, you, it's, it, you, I will remember this day as the day that you gave up. That you ended our marriage, you gave up. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> It was pretty much the day that you had uh, sex with another woman. That's yeah, what ended.
3: How dare you not stick around until I was done screwing yeah, other people, yeah. that
2: <laughs> is a huge thing I, people have. To really believe, yes, but I really believe that I should have done it differently the first time. You know, I it, should not have 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 hit it. I just shouldn't
3: have. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard call sometimes because. Um, you know, Bob, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins, right? So there is a sense of loving someone and covering for them. On the other hand, uh, there is a hiding that just lets the thing seep into your soul and control you. So how do you figure it all out? You know, I, I think, John, we were talking last time about right and wrong, okay? There are laws on the book, on the books everywhere, right and wrong. And everybody thinks, well, that should be enough. They're not enough. That's why you have judges. The reason there are judges is because there are a million shades of gray in every situation. Uh if not, you just have the book. You know, you broke that law, and you deal with it accordingly. But that's not the way the world works. Not in any country in the world, by the way. They all have judges. And the church is actually supposed to judge as well. You know, we have right and wrong. Well, the Bible's right and right. Yeah, but Even still, Paul uh, chided the Corinthian church for not judging these squabbles between people and they uh, were abdicating uh, their responsibility. And that's why I'm saying, I think, even when things like this get out of control, the church should be able to come in and listen to people's problems and make calls. Uh, But they don't want to do that. Everybody wants to hide and pretend. And they figure as long as you're going to counseling, that's all that really matters.
2: Well, and there's a pride issue also involved. So everyone has this pride. They don't want. I didn't want anyone to know. I felt it looked bad on me. I didn't want people knowing our our business. It was embarrassing.
3: It's hard. It's hard.
2: It's it's embarrassing when you're when this when bad things happen in your marriage. So you so you want to cover it. You don't want to share it with people. But I think what what happens in the long run is it doesn't get. There's no accountability.
3: And and you know. Nobody right. has a hundred, I don't have a hundred percent answers. Nobody does. All I know is what I've seen and nothing seems to work. Nothing seems to pull these people out of this abyss that they're in and certainly not what we've been doing. And I said, well, let's try something different. Let's, so I started encouraging people that they call me and say, you know, my husband's this or my wife's this. And, uh, I say, uh, move. I'm going to get out of the house. Don't do it while he's still there. Just so my separation version, actually, if you listen to my talk is and I and my post I argued legal separation. But in reality, my version of separation is like you just leave for the weekend and the offending party always freaks. They panic, particularly men. If you've got a man who's treating you bad girls and you sit around and let him put you put up with that, you know, why does he do that? Because you let him. So I a lady just recently being treated horribly. I said, here's what you do. You wait till he's at work. Don't do it when he's there. You pack up the kids. You leave. Go to your mom's house. Go to your friend's house. Go to a hotel. Take his credit card.
1: <laughs> Whatever. There are some examples of people who are complaining or or trying to lob complaints, and then you question them. Why don't you leave? And the answer is because it isn't really as bad as I'm saying it is. Do you think? Uh, no,
3: the, the, the number one uh, issue why they don't—they're afraid. They—they're fear. They are filled with fear. I mean, why does any woman yes. allow a man to beat her? Uh, is fear. Yeah. And and if you can't get past that, you can't get past that. But a lot of the people, they just need someone to encourage them. And I have, and almost every single time I've done, actually every single time I have done this with people, all of a sudden the offender caves.
1: I'm thinking back to the last conversation we had when uh, Deanna was sharing some of the complaints from some wives in a mom group or a wife group that she belongs to. And that, you know, that, that's sort of, a wheelhouse of mine because I belong to a lot of quote support groups online that are extremely toxic places where people encourage some of the worst behavior in their you know sisters in Christ and I I'm wondering if there's an element obviously not if a person's being beaten you know or if they're being cheated on and there's an open affair happening that's that's a completely different category but I wonder if if in this competition our culture is in for the biggest victim status if it isn't kind of expected that that you've got to go and complain to your pastor about something, because obviously somebody's got to be mistreating me. And I don't remember what the example was. Do you remember what the example was that Deanna gave last time?
2: Yeah, it was about the woman. Well, it was the woman that had their, um, her mother-in-law over that one. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then I almost got kicked out of that. The, the thing with these wife groups is I, I, I just, they, they will come and ask these questions and it's it's, and you don't know anything. You don't, you, you, nobody asks questions. They just, they just say, oh, this is what I would do. This is what I would do. But they are asking no questions. So they really have no idea what the real problem is, or even if there is a problem, because women can be very emotional and they can, they can just blow things out of proportion depending on their day depending on their time of month i mean it happens to me and i'll just use myself as an example but it does happen and so in tomorrow it's probably not that big of a deal and so they'll post this stuff on there and then all these women will come to their their aid and then she gets all worked up and, and it's just, and nobody asks any questions.
1: What were the details of that Very mother-in-law here, came
2: over and something about Tupperware? Is that right? For Thanksgiving dinner and she, <laughs> and the mother-in-law left and took all their leftovers and they have nothing to feed their family. <laughs> and this, this woman was a pastor's wife and it just irritated our, our me. Our family's
3: going to starve because my mother-in-law took all the food from Thanksgiving. He's like, Oh, from on, the drama is like, (laughs) it's unbelievable. And
2: and the the whole thread was filled with women saying, I'm so sorry. That's terrible. That's terrible. And then, then there's me. Okay. I may have the opposite. You know, I got a little bit of Mark Gunger in me, not much, but (laughs) a little bit. And I go off and I just kind of go off and then I get a private message. You're just too harsh. Really? So I was talking, I'm like, really? And she's like, but some of them are, you know, they're just, they struggle. Whatever. And so her and I got into it. We ended up agreeing, you know, and I won her over, but the admin. But I'm like, I just, I can't, sometimes I just get so irritated. I'm going to get kicked off of those things.
0: Well, you will be kicked off. And that that is why we wanted to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Because what you have basically done is just... You've just encapsulated what we knew. We knew that that's where you were coming from, but it wasn't being picked up by the people in the thread on Facebook because what was happening on Facebook was a bunch of people were, were using their particular uh, drama points, their particular leftovers being stolen from Thanksgiving.
1: Like their experience.
0: And they were applying that to what Mark was saying is constitutes abuse. And though so when you are being abused at some level what you need to do is separation and uh, and then the, there's this thing that Jesus said which and when you when you link abuse to unfaithfulness then you have a recipe for all of these women being validated in their uh radical emotionalism and they and they're saying that Mark is the one who told them that they could do it mark pastor yeah. mark- my husband, because he's unfaithful to me. Well, how's he unfaithful? Well, my mother in law took all of the leftovers at Thanksgiving.
1: Right. Well, well that's, and that's
3: when people need to have enough yeah. cojones to go, Wait a minute, you're a little crazy. Yeah. So, right? so, this out. so, today I posted a thing today or yesterday. My wife had a dream and I did something bad in the dream. So, you she woke up and she's mad at me for you know, this happens mm-hmm. all the time. Just the craziest thing. I did.
2: I had a dream and, and,
3: I was and women, so many women <laughs> everywhere. Jump in and say, I do that all the time. I'm thinking, it was a dream. I didn't do anything. So anyway, so check out this lady. She posted this. If she (laughs) dreamt that you did something to hurt, insult, or otherwise cause her negative emotions in her dream, you probably do it on a regular basis. You (laughs) need to stop. We only dream things like that once you're a a constant blank hole. In my dream, I slapped the blank out of my husband for talking to me like I was an idiot. However, also... I woke him up, actually slapping him. He deserved it, one hundred percent. I'm thinking this lady's crazy. I mean, this, this is this is just insanity. I mean, she she can't. Everybody else is laughing and say I do that too, and da, da 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 da. But to her, it's real. So I said, you know, so when I uh, uh, dream a dream of an alien eating my brain, does that mean my wife is actually an alien? I mean, <laughs> this, this lady's crazy. But yeah. there's people like that. They're so triggered, and all they know is what they feel. Yeah. And I'm immediately yeah. guilty for abusing my wife because she had this dream, which she has all the time. And she <laughs> responded to the lady and said, No, we, we're fine. He doesn't abuse. No. I'm an abuser. Yeah. I'm <laughs> a raping abuser. <laughs> You're a horrible
0: man. I believe you. We yeah. believe you, Mark. We, yeah. okay. I believe Mark. Um.
1: Yeah, no that's that's intense and what's funny is like since we last spoke about this I now have an example from just this week it's not my personal example it's actually my sister-in-law but she has been getting flack from a small group of women it's like a a little a little friend group that they have and one person asked a question that was related to contraception and and vasectomies and you know we're all kind of we all have several kids each and kind of getting to that point where there's decisions that are being made. And this woman asked for opinions. And then my sister-in-law was yelled at by others in the group for how she, she wouldn't just accept what the lady was saying. She was asking those questions, which is exactly what Mark has been encouraging us to do. You know, these last two conversations we've had and yeah, I just, I don't even know if you're aware Mark, how hard it is for people to accept that questions are a Christian Virtue, I guess, or a Christian duty, because I mean, she's literally getting scolded by more than one woman, but one in particular who's like, "You can't do that. Just, just support her. Right. Just listen to her." Right, see,
2: I know.
3: All right, so it drives me crazy. But people didn't hear the last recording because we gave up on it because it got so out of control. Yeah. Well, well, also, well. My argument, my argument is this: ask questions when someone, says, and that's why you know. Like so many churches they have prayer time people come forward and pray we used to do that and i stopped i said we're not doing this. we're not we're not really praying for people we're speaking into people's stupidity because someone will come up and say you know i'm having real financial problems and then right away the person will point, father we just rebuke this thing and you know uh right you know, comments over you it's all the scriptures so what kind of questions
0: somebody comes up and says we're having financial problems I, I, I come to you and I say, Mark, I'm having having super financial problems. I got I got two dollars and thirteen cents to my name, and uh, it's just it? really your hard.
3: Pro- your problem is you're a comedian, so I understand that. But <laughs> that's what he you- already knows. <laughs> but I, I would ask questions because, and this lady said, "Well, doesn't your husband have a good job?" Oh yeah. Well then, what's the problem? Well, g- we got a gambling pro- gambling problem. Oh. Well, let's pray about that. See, but nobody wants to ask these questions. Right. Or the guy who told me he's he's really struggling with guilt. You know how we all pray. Father, we just rebuke. There's no condemnation to those who are Christ Jesus, who will not walk right out right. in the flesh, but of the spirit. Do you the, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are of the blood, beloved. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I rebuke this guilt of Jesus. Right. All right? <laughs> now, I don't do that. He says, I feel guilt. I say, Why? <laughs> <laughs> He says, well, I'm, I'm I'm living with this lady and having sex with her. And I said, oh, all right. Well, I didn't condemn her. I said, oh, look, man, why don't you just marry the girl? He right. goes, well, she, she's already married. <laughs> 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 now we got problems. But if he had come forward at any other church, we'd have rebuked that in mm-hmm. Jesus' name. And he'd walk out and just feel good about himself. Praise God. Hallelujah. Screwing other women. So I mean, it just is insane. You have to ask. The Bible says, Paul said, don't lay hands on people quickly. And that's what the church does. As soon as someone mentions anything, just quickly lay hands on them. The very thing the Bible says, do not do. Right. And instead, we ought to look into it, see what is the problem, what is so that we can pray correctly. And you're right. So these women were appalled because your sister law, whatever had the gall to ask questions. Like, well, what do you mean? Right. It's like I was on this Christian radio station. This guy's interviewing me. We're gonna open up for callers. I just dread that. You know, just. <laughs> <laughs> People are just I'd have called. Oh yeah. So this <laughs> hey, will you will you pray for my husband? Because he won't let me read the Bible to him. And right away the announcer with the great voice, Will let's pray. And I said, Well, wow, well, wait a minute. <laughs> the guy goes, Whoa, 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 what? I said, so Sweet how you say your husband wants you to read the Bible. Yeah. Well, there's two ways of reading the Bible. Either you are reading the Bible, telling him how much God loves him, or you're reading the Bible, telling him what's wrong with him. Which are you doing? She goes, the latter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Now, no. how about we pray about that? You stop criticizing him and so See, but no, we lay hands quickly on people. We yeah. don't challenge anybody. If you challenge everybody, everybody, <laughs> they all get mad yeah. and offended because right. you're trying to put any decent doctor. We'll take a look at whatever your problem is. They don't just, you know, people self-diagnose all the time, right? I have a rash. I've, I've got cancer. Well, how about we take a look at it? You know? Yeah. So, ask
2: questions. The ask question. questions.
3: You've got to ask questions. How long? What's going on? Let me take a look. Blah, blah, blah. And I think we're supposed to do the same thing with people. But keep in mind, as you pointed out, a lot of people don't want anyone to ask anything. Why? Let's hide. Yeah. Let's hide everything. It's live in secrecy. And my argument is as long as things stay hidden, uh, you'll never get free from it. Yeah.
1: So you have sort of a Solomon test for the unfaithful party in a way, because like the mother who's the real mother doesn't want to let the baby be cut open. Uh, the, the person in the relationship who's trying to keep everything hidden and under wraps is most likely the person with something to hide. Would that be accurate?
3: Usually, but not always, not like I said, always. there's always there's a million shades of gray. I walk into a situation thinking, so and so's gotta be guilty of sin. By the time you're done with it, you go, Oh, I guess not, you know, it's the other way around. Uh but you've got to ask questions. Everybody has to ask questions. There's lots of shades of gray. Uh you know, and, and the biggest cop out ever is this phrase. Just pray about it. Yeah. Just in fact it's the guy- laziness. It's absolute laziness. It's it's laziness. It's uh, ignorance, gone to seed. For example, this guy who moved up here to live with this lady that's married and having sex with her. I said, did you tell your friends at your church before you moved here what you were going to do? And he said, yeah. I said, what did they say to you? Well, they just sent us should pray, pray about, about it. it. Really? You, you got to pray about needs. committing adultery instead mm-hmm. of having enough courage to look at someone and challenge them mm-hmm. and say, dude, you need to stop this is wrong no people can't say anything's wrong anymore you just have to pray about it anyway the world's gone insane
1: well they're waiting for a loophole like they're waiting for God to give them that exception and to show them that they're actually you know they're actually the exception to the rule and if you give most if you give most people enough time they will be able to rationalize you know their way out of
3: yeah but I, so let's say your dad in his Old years, he's losing it, and he says, Look, "You know, I, this comedian thing don't pay much." And there's this little old lady I go visit once in a while to pray. With. She's got like five hundred dollars sitting on the account, and I bet you she doesn't know. If I took it, she wouldn't know anything. Would you say, "Well, Dad, just pray about
1: it"? Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I, that's what <laughs> right. I'm saying. This is what people do. You don't
3: have enough sense to say, "No, you shouldn't take that money." People won't do that today. They'll just say, "Well, pray about it." And I just, it's a complete. Abdication of people's moral responsibility as Christians to carry each other's burden, to challenge one another, to grow in, in faith with each other. Because nobody wants to challenge anybody about anything, and it's well, uh,
1: we have entire philosophies now that, like in academia, that are are providing cover for that way of thinking. And I'm putting "thinking" in air quotes too, because it is feeling. And you mentioned that earlier. That everybody's being driven around by their feelings and their passions. You know, I know scripture has a lot to say about making your decisions based on your wayward heart, but I, there are a lot of people who, who from professionals, you know, so to speak and, and professors and people who claim authority in this area are telling them that actually, yes, you need to trust your gut. And, and if you do have this, this inclination that maybe you should go steal from somebody, I mean, maybe this is the Holy Spirit speaking something <laughs> Yeah. Because
3: no. he's God, so schizophrenic. I
0: hope so, because I could use that five hundred bucks.
3: <laughs> I yeah. mean it's great. But you're right, the world has gone insane. Yeah. I mean, it's like we just put our house up for sale, which you should move to Green Bay by the way, and buy this house. But uh anyway. Here. Uh, <laughs> we we uh we have a man cave. This is a cool little man cave that I've got oh, those yeah. those. and uh, the the broker says you can't you can't list that. So what do you mean? You can't call it a man cave.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Why not? He's a politically incorrect. The listing MLS would not allow that phrase. It was
2: offensive language.
3: Offensive language, right. and just
2: why yet- like, What? So we had to call it a study. We're
3: like a study. <laughs> Nobody goes down there to study. I know study. What's going on in there? Yeah. Uh, and then, and then this guy, because I was posting, you know, stupid memes or something like that. Someone's like this thing today about <clears throat> you know getting mad about something the guy did in his dream. The right. guy just guys said ah, women are crazy you know with a smiley face whatever Facebook banned him yes for 24 hours for hate speech
2: yes
1: uh, because uh,
3: he, now here's the irony of it you know that if someone would said men are crazy they wouldn't have done yeah, the
1: mm-hmm.
3: it's, it's all relative it's all upside down if someone someone has set a new version of morality. That right. some of us stumble into. We don't know that you, I didn't know you couldn't say stuff like that.
1: You know? Right. Well, there, are, like I said, entire like philosophies and rules. There's like a whole rule system about why it is okay for you to say disparaging things about men and not about women, or why it is okay for you to be racist, what I would call racist, but it's not considered racism if it's a certain way. And I'll give you another example just today. Uh, a different sister in law sent us a meme that her friends were passing around that was that was a black woman who had shared it. And she said, um, I will always love and support black men. I will always protect black men. I will always stand up for black men. And it was just kind of the end of it. That was all it really said. And I said to my sister-in-law, well, you, it would be okay for you to ask her some questions about, first of all, what does love and support mean? And second of all, why would you single out only black men, you know, how far does this support go? First of all, do you support black men who are, are hurting people, you know, or stealing from people? And do you support other people, whether they're white or whether they're female who are, you know, would you support them too? Or would you support a white woman posting something that said, I support white men. I will always love white men. I will always stand by white men. The answer is no. People course, would be yeah. super offended if you posted that and they should, because it's, you know, it's biased and and racist. But I told my sister-in-law, if you do start asking her those questions, the person who shared that meme in the first place, they're going to be very upset <laughs> with you because they've not thought about it and they've never been asked to think about it. So there's going to be some embarrassment, maybe a sense of guilt or shame that they have never thought about it before. and um, And ultimately, there's also this like secondary... Um, level of complication here because you've got studies you know and professors and and um, people with best-selling books now who are saying actually um it's racist to ask her questions and um, she is allowed to post whatever she wants because you know black people have been singled out for so long that this is just the natural and good response to that so wow. I- the
3: rules are changing so fast. You're not even aware of it. I honestly would have never guessed in a million years that you couldn't make the statement. Women are crazy. Cause men have said that forever. And women say the same thing about men all the time. But right. the so apparently over the overnight it changed. And that is my brand. You cannot say that.
0: You I think that Diane said earlier was, um, Was significant and important uh, when she just said, yeah, sometimes you don't feel good. Sometimes you, sometimes you have feelings and you're, you're angry. Sometimes you wait, you have a dream and you're, and you're angry at your husband, but it's just a feeling and it goes away. And there's a lot of people that make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. And, uh, and then even after they're finished having the emotion, if they've made some outrageous declarative statement, I'm done with this. I'm done with you in the moment. Well, now, even if that feeling passes, now your pride is involved. And so it's like, well, I guess I got to follow through with this. I don't even really want to do this anymore. Well, and I kind of want to stick around, but I said that thing. And so now right. I'm going to follow through with it. Well,
1: and then and- reverse, it happens too, because you're feeling really good. You're up on cloud nine. You're having some good feelings. You were really proud to be a black woman and you really feel some strong, good feelings towards your black you know, friends and family members. And so you post on social media, I will always support black men. But then as what actually happened with this woman, she blocked a black man just a couple of days before (laughs) because he voted for Trump and she was mad about it. She said he was acting white and she wouldn't tolerate it. And she blocked him.
2: Yeah. So, so let me ask you guys a question about this. About post that this lady had posted about you know she will always support black men and 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 all that kind of stuff so who why should we even care that she she did that so why why because our culture has come to the point where if you post anything if you post well i like this or i like this then they assume you don't like this and you don't like this so we are feeding into that when we say, "If you know what, if she posts, I like black men." I, and you know what, that's great, and don't read into any more. But our culture reads into it. We read into it. Oh, she said that, so she must not like this, or she must do this, and we should not be doing that. It's we as a culture. We are so easily offended that we can't accept. If I like hats, well, or if I don't wear glasses. I don't want to wear glasses. Well, then, you know, oh, or what did you say? My daughter, she, Mark said, you look really great in glasses.
3: So you're saying I, I don't so look So you're good? saying
2: I don't look good without glasses. <laughs> so and, and and so, like,
3: so I take a compliment and it's immediately turned yes. into an insult.
2: And this is right. exactly the, the point I'm trying to make with this lady's post. She should be able to write that. And we shouldn't be saying oh, well, she means this and this and this, or
1: she doesn't like this, this and this. Yeah,
3: Well, it's hard, well, it's hard not to, because you see the but, inconsistencies but and stuff. You know?
1: I, I realized we're asking her the question, like you guys were saying, I, not to jump to a conclusion, definitely not to say, oh, you're being racist, but to ask, so what do you mean by that? Or what were you trying to convey? And what about the guy three days ago that you blocked because he was black? Yeah. Voted it,
3: for- it's <laughs> all relative. It's all. And, and part of what I get, for example, I was talking to my congregation about this whole thing about, Black lives matter and everybody's a like, well, "All lives matter, you know, and why why does everybody get upset about that? And I said, like, you have to kind of look at it from their standpoint. And I know, I mean, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican where I grew up in Wisconsin. I was the blackest thing they ever saw, you know, <laughs> and they used to call us bush niggers and beat us up and stuff, you know, cause we weren't blonde hair, blue eyed like everybody else from-, <laughs> from Wisconsin,
1: which you will be suspended on <laughs> Facebook for saying too, by the way. Just oh, so- yeah, I'm talking about my sons, what they called me. I wonder, yeah. I wonder
0: what that word is going to do to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the,
1: that's I, what they said. And
3: they said it that's to not me. What you said is that's that. What that I said. They told him
2: back in the what seventies, <laughs> before I was even <laughs> born. By- <laughs>
3: <laughs> Let me remind you, I wasn't. <laughs> you know, it's like a preacher I was listening to, and, or he's preaching. He says, and this guy came up to me. and said, "You're a stupid son of a bitch.
1: You're nothing but a filthy son of a bitch."
3: And he yeah. preaching. He said. I didn't say that. <laughs> That's what he said.
1: Yeah, but this changing rules will get you, Mark, because the rule is you can't even repeat it as a quote. You can't even know
3: anymore. I'm just telling you what they said to me. So uh, my point is I know what it's like to be ostracized and physically assaulted for being of a different color. My point being that. So, uh, and then I'll use this example. Let's say all of your life, John, uh, you felt that you never mattered and you're Parents always told you you didn't matter and just shut up and, and uh, stay in a closet. And, you know, I mean, if you're going to play, play in the closet, don't go outside, you know, just, I mean, like you never had any right to exist at all. And then at some point in your life, you, you, you rise up and go, oh, wait a minute, I matter. And the people respond to you, well, everybody matters. Do you see how that would hurt you? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's two sides to all this stuff, you know. I just think people need to talk to each other. They're all psychotic and crazy. So right. when they say black lives matter, they're, what they're saying is everybody has made me feel like I don't matter. I think they could find a better way of saying it personally. But so I told the congregation, it's not that they're saying nobody else matters. It's just that they're crying out that they feel like we matter because they feel like they've never mattered before. Whether yeah. or not it's true it's and if
1: my that. sister-in-law can have that conversation with her friend, it'll be great. And all glory to God for being able to, you know, be reasonable and and have that conversation. But I will eat my shorts if that ends up happening. Because she...
0: And I will videotape if
1: that. She question, <laughs> if she asks the question, what do you mean by that? Like, the new rule is you're not allowed to ask the question. You're not allowed well, to... I agree. I, mean, I think that's, what, that's the insanity of it. You can't yeah. talk anymore. You can't ask
3: any questions about anything. You can't challenge anybody's morality. You can't yeah. challenge anybody's thinking. You right. can't challenge anybody's perspective, and consequently, we just—you know—that's why there's such a divides in this country today. And, yeah. and you know what the world does? Look, I get it. They're—they're they're crazy anyway. But in the church, that's what bothers me: is that when we act like this, this is what's so destructive to the kingdom of God, because we ought not to be reacting in those ways, and we should be able to challenge and to think and. Uh, question uh, in a loving way. I mean, not not in a hateful way, but it's the only way to get to the truth. Otherwise, nobody knows anything. So, and we live just now in a total state of moral moral relativism. Right. That, you know, thou shalt not kill. Ordinarily. <laughs> but there's <laughs> unless it's a not commit adultery. Generally speaking.
0: Ordinarily, well, but that gets <laughs> into that gray area that you were talking about. Everything yeah. is gray, and everything is. But I, I have a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you guys before we uh, before we wrap up, and uh, one of them is that when a couple disagrees about what constitutes unfaithfulness, when they when they can't decide what unfaithfulness is, um, how should they resolve it? If you if you have a fundamental disagreement about what what unfaithfulness is or what abuse is. How do you resolve that? As not, a couple?
1: not talking about beating him with a baseball bat right. or something. Right. <laughs> and, and,
0: and, and I, we're talking about things. Obviously, if there's physical abuse taking place, you know, then whoever is the one who's doing the punching is the one that's wrong. And yeah. uh, whether or not they can work that out between the two of them doesn't matter. I'm talking about when, when in the, in the expanded definition of unfaithfulness that does not mean a sexual impropriety and it doesn't mean physical abuse, but it's the emotional abuse that is becoming so popular. How do you, how do they parse through that?
3: Get a third party involved. Yeah. I've always advocated. I wrote this book, a simple little book, the Beatitudes of Marriage. And one of the chapters is be connected. You know, marriage was never designed to be two people on an Island all by themselves. Mm-hmm. It was just you and your spouse on an Island. I promise you, you will turn into cannibals and you'll eat each other. Mm-hmm. Get a, off the island, and men are the worst on this. Don't tell nobody our business. Our business. Don't don't, don't tell nobody our business. Our private business. You know, because he doesn't. Because usually that's the guy who's acting up, right? They don't want anybody else to know. You need a right. third party. Oh
1: look, defending when they want to hide.
3: Right. <laughs> We've done this. You know, when we first got married, you know, like a typical first year couple. You know, there times we're at each other's throats, or what, and what in the world is going on? And we, as thought, you
2: can imagine. <laughs> and, <laughs>
3: And we called our best friends. I said, can you come over? I said, Why? I said, we're trying to kill each other. We don't get and it. Was
2: fireworks that... went off. And, and
3: then they stepped in and they were able to speak. into it. And then all of a sudden this healing comes. Look, I'm not against counseling per se. I think it's a great idea to get counsel. I'm not big on the professional therapy approach. And quite frankly, all it means is just get some other people involved. Yeah, People will see stuff you do not see. We get so close that we can't see stuff. So by getting it, you're we can't agree. That's when it's the first thing we did. We, we made some calls. We're, we're not getting anywhere. We, we need to get somebody.
0: You know, okay. so um, would you recommend and, church involved?
3: Well, I don't know. That the church should to be involved at that point. I mean, you know, just get some friends involved and talk it through. I guess if it keeps spiraling out of control, like Jesus said, you know, one guy doesn't listen, then you bring a few more and they don't listen, then you have to bring it to the church. He's talking about a progressive thing. I guess there could no, be. I didn't,
0: mean, I didn't mean necessarily a formal Thing in front of the church. I'm
3: talking about church people.
2: Yeah, Um, oh yeah, friends. 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 I'm just saying friends. And that's the problem. A lot of people don't have friends. They don't really have. friends. They just have themselves.
3: We all live in this world of BS, and nobody's worse than a bunch of Christians, man. You know, we can't stand each other. But we come to church and we put on this fat, this mask. How's, how's, How's everything doing? Oh, it's just great. You, you know, I tell my people, don't you come in. And you're mad at each other. Don't tell me you're fine. You liar. Say, how you doing? Oh, I'm okay, but my husband's possessed of so the devil. I wanted to kill him <laughs> on the way. That's what I want to hear. Be <laughs> honest with each other. Right. We live in this phony world where nobody can really be honest. We play this game. I promise you, guys, this Sunday, there will be churches all across America where Johnny and Susie are getting a divorce, Yeah, and everyone will be shocked. Yeah, right. They yeah. had no idea that Johnny and Susie were struggling at all. Why? Because we play this stupid game and everybody keeps this plastic face up and then it doesn't help anybody. At some point we have to quit playing this way and get people involved in our lives and start doing lives, doing our lives with people.
0: Well, it, it, that's important. And what we're, we're talking about Carl is, uh, There's, there's two, that affects two people. It affects the people who are wearing the masks. They have to stop doing that. And then those of us who are, for lack of a better term, the, the non-mask wearers, you have to be prepared to see people without their masks. And so, um, both of those things, if you're not used to it, require some getting used to and, uh, and. You're talking metaphorically. You're
1: not talking about like literal (laughs) COVID masks. I'm not talking about. (laughs)
3: No, we're talking literal COVID masks. We're
0: talking. We're talking. You're talking uh,
1: about vulnerability and all of the all of the stuff that comes with deciding you're going to tell the truth, even when it's ugly. And you know that that there's happen, going. We got
3: to we got to we got to create an, an, a situation. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. We got to people start breaking away, and people have to feel safe. If I I need to feel safe, then I come to John and say, "Man, I'm really struggling. I'm having a hard time. My life sucks, you know, and stuff." And he goes, "Oh, I to speak it, but it doesn't change the fact that he's my friend." He doesn't right. pull away from me. You know, I got some friends that do some pretty awful things.
0: <laughs> I would have kicked Mark to the curb a long time ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he was hanging on by a thread for a while there.
0: I'll
2: have to say. When
1: a person is afraid be- to admit that they are, that they're sinning when a person's afraid and they want to hide and put up the shield and they don't want anybody to know, how do you make them feel safe when you know, and they know that there is going to be that pain involved when they have to confess and they have to be held accountable.
3: I don't know that I have all the answers to that. I just know what needs to be done. How, how we get there, I guess start small, baby step. Okay. Right?
1: You question all pastors and every Christian ever has been struggling with for centuries and get you to just fix it all resolve.
0: I have a, I have a little illustration that I came up with, um, years ago and it it kind of I think answers that question where it's and it's just if you see somebody and their zippers down, you know You say something. You say something or do you not say anything? And that's that's really oh,
1: what say something. <laughs> right. Deanna says something.
0: I would I would say something too, uh, I think um, it's people got food stuck in their teeth. That was what we talked about last
3: time. Well, that's a hard one, yeah. Oh, that's, right? a hard time. that's a real hard tough one. one. I, and I would be inclined to yeah. I mean, I wouldn't tell them in front of everybody else in If me. I knew
2: the person, I would. If I didn't, if it was a stranger in the teeth, like, I would struggle. But the zipper, I'd have no problem with doing that. With the wow, really? You,
0: you don't care about I
2: it. I did it recently. <laughs> <laughs> he was, what, 19 years old, six foot four, jock athlete guy that was uh, working at the shoe store, and his zipper was down. Yeah. And I said, Dude, you're down. <laughs> anyway. <he went. gasps> and he turned and he walked away in the back, and then he came out, and we became fast friends. He stole hey. my shoes all the time.
0: That's that back. is my, That is my thesis that uh that when you when you do awkward and embarrassing and painful things with people, that deepens the relationship. And there yes. are lots of friendships that are founded on on some tragedy at some Point. They got started with the tragedy. It doesn't have to be serious, but it's no.
2: And then what I follow up with is, dude, if you ever see me like that, I hope you return the favor. So I mean,
3: you <laughs> toilet can, paper hanging out your back. whatever or-
2: <laughs> you can say it like that, and so and just reverse it. I would want you to tell me. So if you ever see me, please tell me.
3: I think the easiest way, just what we're talking about here, is just challenging this idea of don't be offended by people asking questions and don't think it's weird. Ask, we should be asking questions. Find out what's actually going on. You know, the people. In
0: that, because I have one more question, uh, and it is, do you support changing wedding vows so that brides and grooms are more careful about their words instead of promising for better or worse till death do us part when that's not what they mean?
3: Uh, no, no, I don't, because I don't care what they mean. The, the reality of it, the promise is till so death do us part, you know.
2: Oh, but, but it's not. But it's not. So oh, it yeah, is. not if they're not. No, no,
3: no. It. Uh, it's uh, the Bible's really clear. A woman, a man, they're bound to each other until one of them dies. That's Old and New Testament. That's pretty clear. You know. Well, I'm not going to change it to as long as we both shall love. I mean, what a bunch of manure that is.
1: You well, know? but what it's, about quoting Jesus's words though about uh, except for marital unfaithfulness and at least working that in there so we're all on the same page.
3: Uh, well, it's kind of worked in there already. It says forsaking, forsaking all, all others. others. Well, I, 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 mean, I make a vow. I forsake all others. We're gonna stay together till death do us part. Now you come along, and all of a sudden you, all of a sudden you're not forsaking all others. You you've broken the vow. So uh, it's there mm-hmm. in a polite kind of way. You just say, i found not to screw anybody else." Right, right, right. No, <laughs> no, that's my wiener in <laughs> an inappropriate <laughs> manner. I right.
2: mean, you know, but I, I mean, mean, promise. promise any of the vows can be broken. Any of them. Yeah.
1: Well, my question is, should we change the vow that I made? Because, for example, I wrote a blog post once, um, four years after my husband and I got married, and I explained, re- reiterated what I had promised, which was for better or worse, till death do us part. And so I, I stated then, and I still state today, that even if he were to cheat on me, I would still... Even if, and if we separated or if he were abusive, you know, heaven forbid, and we had to separate, that I still would, that would be worse in my opinion. Like that would be the worst that I promised. And so I would still forsake all others, although I would not necessarily have to live in the same household with a man who's, you know, posing a physical threat. So what I'm asking is, what if we added that? the the clarification that if another person breaks their vow first, that the other person is then no longer bound by the vows that they made independently. Because as it stands right now, we don't have any clarification or or exception in our spoken word that, you know, if you are to break the vow first, then we're and that's it. I'm not. I'm not bound by it anymore.
2: Uh, I see your point.
1: No, I, I think it's
3: implied. I do. I've always considered it implied. You. It's like a contract. We're going to business together. You know, John and I are going to build. You know. You know. <laughs> what are we going well, <laughs> to
1: build, John? A show, maybe. I send out the <laughs> contracts me. for John and Comedy, which is where this comes from.
3: Well, no, we we, we have we make an agreement. I'm going to do this. You do it, and all of a sudden you do it. Well, you break your end, and all bets are off. So it's always implied. Right. It's, it's
1: not uh, inside it's written it's written in the contract what happens yeah. break yeah. you? <laughs>
3: yeah. well you probably write out the uh, penalty thereof
1: you if, if you if you cancel 30 days before the show you still have to pay us full fee as if we still did the show that's yeah. in the contract and, but it's written there so that we're clear Read it. Has, it, has it ever happened yes
3: yeah yeah did you sue them?
1: No, no, they. We never had to. We sue invoiced, them. and they had
3: to. Well, I'm just saying. And what are you going to do? So, um, we have it. We have it all the time. You know, everyone's not all the time. You know, cause it's really devastating when they do that. The dirty rats. Right. Also, you pull out. What are you going to do? You can, well, we say we, we'll invoice them, and if they don't pay, some people don't pay. It, you know what? You know.
0: Well, and that's that's the uh, the the reason that we've been asking the question is because the, there is a uh, the, people don't take their words seriously anymore they people make all, marriage, like they they sign sign make all sorts of promises and make all sorts of
1: verizon right contracts like they don't a, read like the a... stuff <laughs>
2: it's true i don't yeah. even think that they realize what they're saying when they're saying it oh no right
3: yeah. yeah but that's that's part of the preparation supposedly that people are supposed to have i would argue i mean most people i think you know we can some don't you know there's always crazy people which apparently you can't say anymore but uh I assume most, virtually everybody gets it. This is the promise. Someone breaks the promise. Yeah. It's
2: different. I mean, how would you even change the vows? I mean, it's, honestly, um, your spouse goes off and off the deep end and kills 20 people and and goes to jail for, for life. So are you still going to be with that guy for the rest of your life, married to him?
3: And see, that's that's where we get into the you know.
2: So then grace. you would have to have vows of every scenario that you could even think of.
3: Well,
0: it, it's not. It's that we're not saying that that would be uh, that that would be easy, or that that would be a good thing. But the but the picture of marriage is the way that Christ uh responds to the church. I mean, Christ Christ treats His bride the way I'm supposed to treat my bride. Mark is supposed to treat His bride, and so the picture is. Yeah, if, if somebody goes crazy and kills 20 people and goes off to jail, how does Christ respond to that person? Um, is it, is it over and done or is, is his love, quote unquote, still faithful? Um, and does he, this
3: this is where I would argue that church leaders should have enough cojones to get in and play the judge in these things. uh You know, Jesus says, thou shalt not judge. He meant, you know, assume things but the paul would mm-hmm. wrote and said you're supposed to judge he said don't you guys understand that someday we will judge angels mm-hmm. and you're not able to judge matters between each other so the church is supposed to and i think you know we got our black and white right the laws but right. then the reason they're judges because of what about all the shades of gray? And at some point the church needs to step in and say look in this particular situation once they hear it say our ruling is uh You know, that person sticks it out or they can be released or whatever. You know, Jesus said a very powerful thing. The only ones who even try to understand it are Catholics, uh, where he said, uh, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. You know, and they get that to mean that the pope can say whatever. I think they take it to a very extreme level.
2: You're married forever.
3: Uh, No, I mean, about anything. I mean, the pope decides, you know, whatever church decides, it's written in heaven. They they have so the Catholics get the idea that part of the kingdom of God is we are to make calls, and then God will actually honor the calls of the church. You know, now there's not an evangelical I know that will touch with a ten foot pole, but I I think that's part of the problem.
1: Well, so if a pastor decided, like a pastor of an individual church somewhere decided he was going to change the wedding vows to be more explicit and clear in order, not necessarily as a tool to make sure there were never issues of gray that needed, you know, some nuance, but to really encourage people before they get married to ask themselves, is there any chance at all this is a guy who's going to go kill 20 people? Like, is this is this a guy who may end up, you know, <laughs> and what would you do? Our premarital counselor asked us, um, you know, have you talked about what you would do if you're if you're infertile or if you're unable to have children? Have you even had that discussion? and maybe you guys aren't on the same page about that? And so i'm I'm kind of asking from that perspective of like getting people to think, not because they're gonna ever be able to come up with the answers, but because too many people just walk in. And sign on the dotted line wherever somebody slides a paper across the desk. You know, now,
3: I think we're saying the th- same thing, but in a different way. What you want to do is come up with the uh, scenarios ahead of time so everybody knows what's going to happen. Yeah, well, I'm I'm trying to say, I guess we're, we're not saying the same thing. I'm saying the exact opposite thing that that's what the church should do. We should be calling balls and strikes and lights for people. That's what we're supposed to do. And again, I don't know anybody else who even thinks that way. So if everybody thinks I sound really weird, get in line. Because, no, I
0: think you sound weird, but not because of that. <laughs> but,
3: <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, call the balls and strikes. That's what an umpire does. We're supposed to be playing umpire.
0: I would agree with that.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh oh, I think he froze.
3: Did we just oh. freeze? Oh,
1: I'm back. We're back. You're back. Okay. Yeah. What, what you're saying
3: is rather than call balls and strikes, let's just have everything computerized ahead of time, so we know oh, exactly what's going on. Or
1: so okay, or or we start the vows by saying. If, you know, in the future, if we have a dispute, we promise, we both vow to submit to the umpire's decision on future matters. Yeah, you can
3: do that. I mean, yeah. I, I, again, I think it's all implied, but you could. You can do anything you want. But here's, it's not going to change anything. I guarantee you. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to change a thing. It won't, because when somebody gets mad, they won't care what they said on yeah. their wedding day. What we need to do is build enough of a culture of people understanding this is how we do life this right. is how we work through issues we should be calling balls and so you should be able to come and and help you know get involved in people's lives to the degree to help them make some of these tough decisions mm-hmm. but the problem and we're so far from there is ridiculous most churches won't do it at all yep. they won't touch anything with a 10-foot pole they don't want to have anything to do with it that you'll go to a counselor and just whatever and
1: you know so yep. no i definitely think well they'll pray
3: finish. for you
0: mark won't they?
1: Oh yeah! Oh yeah!
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is it okay if I stab my wife to death tonight, Ben? Well, let's just pray about that. Pray about that. And that's, that's what they do. And I mean, it's just cowardice. It's just, it's cowardice dressed up as spirituality.
0: Yeah, I I I think we are on the same page there. The 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 question. It's it's a matter of asking questions. It's a matter of digging into people's lives and not being not being told that it's none of your business because if we are going to live in community, then everything is our business. We're exactly. we're family and we are uh, we're friends. And can you
1: hear that I'm playing the outro music? I
0: can hear that. Yeah, I, can. I can
1: hear it. I can hear it. <laughs> just wanted to let you know that that's our way of saying that means it. means to, to shut up. up.
0: Well, okay, yeah, well, so, more fun. so you do whatever it is that you're supposed to do when this is over.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Mark and Deanna, both of you. This has been really enjoyable yeah way
0: better way better with Deanna than with just Mark by
1: himself <laughs> Absolutely. yeah I agree time neighbors <laughs> look for John Branyon on MeWe and gab also be part of the show by sending your questions to next at johnbranian.com see you next time neighbor <laughs>
0: Okay, okay,
1: and then you end. You didn't turn there. that off yet. I didn't turn it on at all. You're doing, You're using that. Oh, so you're gonna have to download it from here.
0: Oh, you didn't turn it on at all.
1: I didn't turn on at all.